You're blameless, Lord. My sins against you can't be ignored. They will be punished. I know they must. Your law demands it. For you are just. Because of your steadfast 
us. Spirit, come and speak today. You delight to lead and guide us. It's your word that lights the way. So come, awaken our hearts, illumine our minds, magnify Jesus Christ. Changing our lives with your words of love.
God will not let us go. Every trial that tempts our hearts to fear, He'll use to give us hope. Oh, creation groans as we await.
Now it's, we think it's centered. Wow, look at that. It smells good, too. Ah. Okay, everybody can come up and smell it. 
We're going to have a line, and you can come up and smell it. Well, good morning. Good morning. Welcome to Cottonwood Bible Church. We're glad to have you with us this morning. And we're just admiring the new furniture. So it looks very nice, very nice. So I got some announcements for you this morning, and I'm a little bit behind myself this morning. I get to talking to everybody and this morning, this morning. And so here we go. Church gathering times, 9.15 a.m. Bible study and Sunday school class, 10 a.m. snack fellowship, 10.30 morning service, some of those times this morning, and then Wednesday gospel care community group. Yeah, we are doing that this week. Gospel Care Community Group at the church building here at 6. So if you come and bring up your favorite dish, share a meal together, and enjoy some fellowship time. And then uh, Jim's been going into the relationship study that we've been doing. So uh, we've been starting that around 7 o'clock, a little bit earlier than before, before right? like around 7-ish now. 7.05, Yeah, so a little bit, yeah, somewhere around there. So, oh, and the first thing I forgot to always got to remember this. If you're visiting with us for the first time, if you wouldn't mind filling out the white card and the seat, put that in the seat back in front of you, put that in the offering plate as it goes by later. That way we have a record of your visit. I would appreciate that. Ladies Bible study, Sunday, 5 p.m. We good, Miss Judy? Tonight, so ladies Bible study tonight, Sunday, 5 p.m. So if you're interested, you can see Miss Judy. Um, Michael Hart, you're oh. going to talk about Michael? Yeah, uh, um, if you remember Michael Hart, the Hart family, um, um, Ed moved away and Mary Hart passed um, having uh, kidney failure mm -hmm. uh, some years back. Michael was on his own. He was blind and he ended up moving down to Phoenix. He was actually doing doing really well. Um, he was going to, uh, the name just went out of my head. Is Reform, Reform Baptist. Phoenix Reform. Phoenix Reform Baptist, thank you. Yes. Just, I know it's a Reform Baptist Church. Uh, Reform, Phoenix Reform Baptist Church. Uh, Karen's brother, uh, Warren, a.k.a. Scott, um, that's a story in itself. No, a.k.a. Uh, Uncle Worm. That's right. <laughs> that's right. Uh, uh, th th they kind of took him under their wing and just was taking care of Michael. Um, and he's been doing well in terms of being there at church. There, there was a gal who who would help come into his house and clean his house and everything, serving him in that way. Uh, but I want to let people know, in terms of his health, he, it's been going downhill. Uh, he's had congestive heart failure, and then most recently, um, uh, he was beginning to have kidney failure. Uh, so, so he's going to start, his health is starting to go down. Excuse me, I don't know what that would mean if it, he would end up going to be with the Lord uh, uh, soon. I don't, we, we don't know, but um, uh, Scott, uh, Karen's brother, called me. Uh, it was a couple weeks ago. I just wanted to let me know, hey, this is what's going on. This is what's happening. So you guys can be praying for him. Uh, and, and just knowing that, I mean, they're really taking care of him down at Phoenix Reformed Baptist. So praise the Lord for that. So I'm, I'm sure a few of you would like to know that. Yeah, so they're very good, good yeah, with that. Totally. And then do I have do I have something? Oh yeah. Uh, after our service today, we'll, we'll do a special call members meeting. Uh, basically, what what I'm doing is what I should have done like three three four weeks ago. Um, in our constitution, it says eight weeks prior we have to make a nomination for uh, uh, the officers that we will have, uh, elders, deacons, and then also church clerk and treasurer. Um, Michael Matthews and uh, uh, Travis are deacons already. It's a three-year tenor, so they're on their 
starting their second year, so that doesn't need to be revoted on that or renominated for that. But we still need to do a nomination for church treasurer and also church clerk. Uh, so that's going to happen. So all I'm doing is just a nomination according to our constitution. That's all I'm going to be doing. So, um, and I asked both Daniel how he felt about being a church clerk, and he was more than happy to do that. I talked to Ellen about how she felt about being the church treasurer. and You can't mention what she said, though, can you? <laughs> Not, not at this time in a public <laughs> format, no. We love you, Ellen. She, she said she was happy to do that and to serve us in that way, to be the church treasurer. Uh, I also had to offer a $100 bill. Um, <laughs> so, uh, no, but, so, so, but all, uh, all kidding aside, um, uh, Daniel will be nominated for church clerk, and then uh, Ellen will be nominated uh, for a church treasurer. So we'll do that. Just It would just be a nomination as a... a a formal uh, uh, members meeting that we will do just after our service, okay? Uh, is, it, is it you next, yep, I think? Next. Okay, yeah. uh, I'm going to talk about the hanging of the greens. So every year we, you know, put up the decorations um, before that uh, kind of th that time of year, you know, the, the hanging of the greens. So, and no, they're not people. So hanging, get ready for our annual hanging of the greens. It's in your bulletin, and that's going to happen November 25th, Friday, November 25th. So everybody be nice and, you know, happy after eating that nice Thanksgiving dinner. And then on, on Friday, we'll come in and we'll do the hanging of the greens. And there's pizza, too. Which I yeah, pizza. Yeah, pizza and salad and drinks all provided. And then yeah. decorating here in the, in the main area here. And I think we even do some little bit of decorating over there, too, a little bit. I think there's a tree I think or something. I do it over there. Yeah, too. yeah. So there's a little bit of decorating over there. So we've got plenty for everybody to do, so come on in and be a part of that. Um, and then next, we're going to talk about ministry opportunities. So some of you may have come in and seen the list on the table. So every year, you know, as we're talking about, you know, deacons and, and church clerks and treasurers and all that, you know, where there's other uh, ministry opportunities that can be taken, and those are on the desk. Back. There's a sign-up sheet in the back. Michael Matthews is going to head up that list this year. He's not here today, but um, he's going to head up that list. And there's also a sheet next to it that lists out all of the opportunities, the ministry opportunities. So you can take that list. Um, don't take the sign-up sheet, but take the list. And then you can look that over and, you know, wherever you feel led to, to help and minister in that area, then you can sign up for that uh, on the sign-up sheet. So it's kind of a first-come, first-serve. So, we're, you know, whoever signs up, just yeah. sign up. And, and, and we're starting brand new. So yeah. just because you served in some area in 2016, that doesn't mean you have to do it in 2017. I mean, we're starting yep. fresh and new. So you, that's not... No pressure on you to have to do. If you want to, you can. Yeah. If you see an opportunity and you want, you, you want, want to keep take doing it, that. You know, do go it. ahead. But it's please don't feel like that you're obligated to do that. I don't want you to feel yeah. obligated at all. None of us do. Yeah. So very much so. So that opportunity is in the back. So take one of those lists and then sign up uh, wherever wherever you feel led to sign up. Wherever you want to serve. Okay. And then Christmas Eve service, I believe oh, you're going to take me. that. Oh, um, yep. Yeah. So and this is I'm going to be announcing just kind of what we're doing for Christmas as well. We will have a Christmas Eve service, uh, which is at 7, uh, and there's flyers in the back there on the lobby on that table. Take some. Uh, take some of those flyers and invite your family and friends to come to our Christmas Eve service. We start at 7. We, I, I think what they do, like little hot drinks and cookies, right, Ellen, Karen? I think they do stuff like that, just uh, little snacky stuff. So, And it's like 30 minutes. It's really short. It's um, just proclaiming the gospel and uh, the incarnation of Christ. Um, so we're going to do that 7 p.m. on Christmas Eve. That's Saturday evening. Um, and just to get you prepared, Sunday evening, we will still have a service. 
It'll start at 11 and we'll be done by 12, okay? And so we're not going to do first hour. We're not going to do snacks. We're not going to do any of that stuff. It'll start at 11. We'll go to 12. So we're going to just do one hour service. I still think we should do a service because it's Sunday and we I believe we still should celebrate the resurrection of Christ. That's why we come together on Sundays. And yet having said that, I understand it's Christmas, you have family in town and things like that. So also want to be sensitive. So it's like, well, let's try and meet halfway in the middle type thing, right in between that. So we'll do a service, start, starts at 11 and goes to 12. So just kind of put that in your memory bank or uh, put that on your phones or something like that. 11 o'clock service on December 25th, that Sunday, that's what we're going to be doing. But, and again, we will be having a Christmas Eve service seven p.m. If you want to invite some family and friends, pick up a flyer and uh, give it to your neighbors, family, friends, invite them to our Christmas Eve service. So, um, Is there anything else? I just got to, I like to make mention the ABCs of CBC, the basics of Cottonwood Bible Church. Um, I like to mention that what we're all about as a church. But I also want to mention that we want to be a church that's focused on the gospel, that's focused on the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Repent and trust in Him alone. That's the gospel. That's how you respond to the gospel. And if you're here, you're not a follower of Jesus, or you don't know what it means to be a follower of Jesus, you can talk to any. You can talk to Travis. I'm more than happy to speak with you about what it means to be a Christian. Or feel free to talk with me after the service there in the lobby. What does it mean to be a Christian? What's that? What's that all about? I'd be more than happy to share with you about how you can be able to find forgiveness of all your sins so um, there's nothing else I have Travis we've talked about a lot so if you missed anything then pick up a bulletin if you did not get one and then please pick up those uh, mission uh, ministry opportunities list in the back so all right let's stand as we sing together together in spirit in faith and unity we're the bonds of peace of acceptance and love are the fruit of his presence here among us so with one voice we'll sing to the lord and with one heart will live out his word till the whole earth sees the redeemer has come for he dwells in the presence of his people oh how good it is on this journey we share to rejoice with the happy and weep with those who mourn for the weak find strength the afflicted find grace when we offer the blessing of belonging so with one voice we'll sing to the lord and with one heart will live out his word till the whole earth sees the redeemer has come for he dwells in the presence of his people oh how good 
to embrace his command to prefer one another forgive as he forgives when we live as one we all share in the love of the son with the father and the spirit so with one voice we'll sing to the lord and with one heart we'll live out his word till the whole earth sees the redeemer has come for he dwells in the presence of his people so with one voice we'll sing to the lord and with one heart we'll live out his word till the whole earth sees the redeemer has come for he dwells in the presence of his people let us pray our gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for this time we can come together and worship you, a holy, a just, uh, a wonderful God that is in control of all things, that sees all things, that knows all things, and is perfect, perfectly holy, perfectly just. We just pray this morning, Lord, for our sinfulness. We are sinners in your sight, Lord. We just pray that you would um, help us to overcome our sin. With Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, we know that is possible, that he has died on the cross for our sins. And in this time when we have a world that is, uh, seems to be at odds with one another, we just pray, Lord, this morning that um, they would look to you, look to their Savior, Jesus Christ, look to the one and true God and his moral law. We, just, we know that your moral law is the standard by which we are to be set, that it is not our own will, but your will. We just pray, Lord, this morning that you would unite this country and this world by that law, by that moral law, by that code, and not by our own sinfulness. So we pray more this morning, Lord, that you would forgive us of our sins and that you would help us to unite under one common bond, and that is our Christ Jesus is Lord and Savior, and you are our God. These things we ask in his son's name. Your son's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Uh, please remain standing. We're going to read together as a congregation Psalm 34, verses 1 through 11. I will praise the Lord at all times. His praise will always be on my lips. I will boast in the Lord. The humble will hear and be glad. Proclaim Yahweh's greatness with me. Let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord, and he answered me, and delivered me from all my fears. Those who look to him are radiant with joy. Their faces will never be ashamed. This poor man cried, and the Lord heard him, and saved him from all his troubles. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him, and rescues them. Taste and see that the Lord is good. How happy is the man who takes refuge in him. You who are his holy ones, fear Yahweh, for those who fear him lack nothing. Young lions lack food and go hungry, 
but those who seek the Lord will not lack any good thing. Come, children, listen to me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. If you would take a moment and greet somebody. Turn, greet, encourage someone next to you. Well, you can find find your spots and we can plant ourselves and then I haven't sang this good hymn in a while trust and obey on our way let us do his good will he abides with us still and with all who will trust and obey trust and obey for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey
And let's stand sing, Oh Great God. God of highest heaven, occupy my lowly heart. Own it all and reign supreme. Conquer every rebel power. Let no vice or sin remain that resists your holy war. You have loved and purchased me. Make me yours forevermore. great sovereign God all of us on this planet are accounted like nothing in your sight you do according to your will in the highest heaven and here upon earth you put people in power and you tear them down none can stay your hand and say to you what have you done no but our God is in the heavens and does whatever He pleases. Thank you, O God. And thank you that it pleased you. Father, it pleased you to crush your Son. To crush your Son on our behalf, on behalf of sinners. Yes, for us. But primarily, Father, for you. To display to present a trophy a trophy that you are a God who's gracious and kind you are a God who's sovereign in your justice sovereign in your righteousness and yet sovereign in your kindness and in your love hear us at this time as we pray for individual members different churches our own country 
and other people groups abroad. First we pray for Judy Carlson. We thank you for her joy, contentment, graciousness, faithfulness, servant's heart, and her loyalty to the gospel. Continue to show your grace in her life. You've purified her. Keep purifying her. You are good to her. Guide her from your word. Speak to her from your word. Remind her of your grace from your word. Your word, may she dive deep into it. Be the strength of her heart and her portion. And it's on her heart. You know, Father, family members that she dearly loves that don't know Christ. Use her for your glory to proclaim this gospel of freedom to them, the gospel of grace. May they respond to Christ. We pray for Clarkdale Baptist Church. May they be directed to the gospel, the Lord Jesus Christ. Not merely as the message to the unsaved, but also to themselves. Knowing that it saves and sanctifies by the power of the Spirit. May they remember what you have done in your Son. Even at this time, may they meditate upon your word, praising you for your greatness. The greatness that you've shown in Christ. We, we pray for Harry, their pastor. May he preach the gospel word. May he teach the gospel word. May he shepherd your people with the gospel word. We pray for those within our own government. God, we do pray for President-elect Donald Trump. We do pray for the U.S. Senate that's coming about the new U.S. House that's coming about. They need your wisdom, discernment, guidance. They definitely need total humility, especially they need to realize that it was you who put them in these positions according to your sovereign will. So we ask you to give your grace to them they may hold convictions while also uniting the country we pray that with them in government there will be more proclamation of the gospel you will be able to bring that about the freedom to do that and also Father we pray from President elect Mr. Trump down to those within the Senate and the House. They just flat out need Christ. They need the Lord Jesus Christ. They need to surrender to Jesus Christ. So we pray that for them. Because the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. We thank you that we are a church that we have a heart for the people in this city and 
in our own country. We have a heart for the people groups of the world. And at this time, we pray for the small country of Croatia, a country that's had to deal with such bitterness and, and hatred between Bosnians, Serbs, Croats. We pray. Father, we pray into the good news of Jesus, which brings friendship with you and with each other. It would be proclaimed so that the hatred between the Croats, Serbs, Bosnians would be turned into love because of Jesus Christ. We pray for our brethren that they'll keep demonstrating true reconciliation among themselves, Croats, Serbs, Bosnians, as they fellowshipping among each other and connecting and uniting with each other under the gospel, the banner of Christ. Continue to grow these churches in the gospel with true biblical unity and solid biblical leadership. We thank you for the training center that, that we are a part of. Masters Academy International in Krapina. Thank you for that. We provide for them. Provide for these young men being trained. May they hold to the gospel word. May they be faithful to proclaim and teach the gospel word. And we pray you would use them to plant new churches there in Croatia and abroad. May our brethren continue to reach out to all uh, their own people, especially Romani people, the gypsies. And thank you for the work that the International Mission Board is doing there. And that we're a part of that too. Send more of us to go to minister and to serve our brethren in Croatia. For us who are here this morning together, we pray that you would do a work that we may continue to display characteristics that show the gospel is truly at work among us. And we pray this in your name, Lord Jesus. Amen. Please be seated. you would take your Bibles or devices and go to 1 Peter First Peter 3 this is going to be odd getting used to this I'm used to being lower and now you guys can't see when I'm done either ha ha I'm actually going to put a little thing up here too. You can't see it all. No, you can't. Uh, as you're turning there, just we're working on purchasing possibly the replacement for our video projector. So again, Tyler's done all the legwork on that. So thank you, Tyler, for doing that. First Peter 3, we're going to study verses 8 through 12. 3, 8 through 12. Oh, I'm sorry, the black Bible in the chair in front of you, I didn't say that. That's on page 182, if you're looking at that. 182, 182. Towards the back. Go towards the back, 182. 
I'm going to read and then we'll study. <clears throat> to sum up, or finally, let all be harmonious, sympathetic, brotherly, compassionate, and humble. Not returning evil for evil or insult for insult, but blessing. For unto this you were called, so that you might obtain a blessing. Verse 10, For let him who means to love life and see good days, good days <clears throat> refrain his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking guile. <clears throat> and let him turn away from evil and do good. Let him seek peace and pursue it. For the eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous and his ears attend to their prayer. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. title of the article begins three personality traits that make you more likely to compulsively check your phone mm. the article is actually aimed at college students uh, interesting uh, here's the three personality traits first emotional instability so if you're a college student you're emotional unstable that's, that's why you compulsively check your phone um he actually, uh, by James Roberts, the article, he actually compares it to substance addictions. So, bless you. Uh, so first, emotional instability. Second, extroverts are more likely to check their phones than introverts. And third, materialistic students. Um, the way I think of it is, if you, do have, if you have those traits, you are a smartphone junkie. He ends the article like this, quote, Our obsession with smartphones is a good example of what has been referred to as the paradox of technology. The modern smart smartphone can free us to do things in places only dreamed of 20 years ago, but they also in certain ways enslave us. Has smartphone use reached a tipping point where it's crossed the line from beneficial tool to detriment? And just, if you're 20 years old and under... You know, there was a time we didn't have a phone with you at all times. Oh, excuse me, I got to check Facebook for just a second. <laughs> Certain traits, characteristics, mannerisms, features may make you a smartphone junkie. You know, as Christians, there are certain traits, certain characteristics that will identify us as well. It'll identify us as, as, as weirdos. Christian weirdos. Because of God's grace, we can be wise, winsome weirdos in this wicked world. Today, God, through Peter, gives us five wise, winsome weirdo traits. If you live like this, you will be weird. You'll be different. If we live like this as Christians, we'll be so different from our world. Uh, some statements for you. Uh, so five wise, winsome, weirdo traits. First Peter 3, 8 through 12. Um, five wise winsome weirdo traits that show we are Christian weirdos who are blessing others doing good 
instead of retaliating. In this way, we are truly following in the footsteps of our Lord. Taking it from uh, chapter 2, verse 21, Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example for you to follow in His steps. Uh, another statement, living our lives this way will truly display to our culture how vastly different we are from them. It would radically impact our corporate witness in the Verde Valley towards the gospel due to our actions and reactions to those inside and outside the church. This is going to be different from our culture. And it will impact our corporate witness in the Verde Valley. If we are a people who have these characteristics, these traits, these weirdo traits, if you will. And so Peter's addressing, God through Peter, is addressing how Christians should treat all people in general, but especially within the, the believing community. We should imitate, God, imitate God's very goodness as seen in our Lord, following in His footsteps. We do good to all, even to those who harm us, even to those who hurt us. We should be known in our relationships that we serve God in loving one another, saved or unsaved, especially the saved, instead of being driven by our own selfish, prideful, unloving interest. Quite ironic that on Wednesday nights we've been going through a book by Timothy Lane and Paul David Tripp, Changing Your Relationships. And a lot of those things we're going to be looking at today in First Peter coincide with what we've been seeing in the book, Changing Your Relationships, about how you respond to each other, how we should respond to each other. I found it striking that God did that. So first, the five weirdo traits to display. The, the five commands for true, gospel, wise, winsome, weird living within our culture. Verse 8. Finally, or summing it up, let all be harmonious, sympathetic, brotherly, compassionate, and humble. Just a, a side note, he puts it in a chiastic structure so that the middle one, which is brotherly, which means brotherly love, that's actually the focal point. So the first and the fifth has to do with how we think. The second and the fourth, how we feel. Thinking in terms of unity and humility. Feeling in terms of sympathy and compassion. The first one, harmonious, or a unified goal or purpose, like-minded. That will stand out in a world that's been divided. I mean, look at Tuesday. Tuesday, the nation was divided. Talk about division. I think it was 600,000 more votes, popular vote for Hillary than Donald Trump. 
600,000. That's the population of Milwaukee. So about one city. So that's, that's, a, that's, a, that's pretty close. That's a huge division. What will stand out to our culture is within the church, amongst us in a local church, there's such unity. Unity of purpose, like-mindedness, a, a, a unified goal. Christ is our goal. Truth is our goal. The gospel is our focus. And, and notice how when you have the harmony, how we think corresponds with humility. It comes with being humble, humbling ourselves. And we don't have all the answers. And then notice sympathy and compassionate. Those go, sympathy, uh, empathy, just feeling that with someone else. Interesting, the word compassionate, the root word comes from the Greek word, which is splagna, where you get the word for intestines. The, the idea was that the intestines, you, you have that, you know, that feeling, those feelings in your intestines. I mean, just ask Jordan Chloe. I mean, you know, it's just... Uh, just feel that. Oh, was that out loud? I'm sorry. <laughs> but there's the feelings, the emotions. It's coming from, coming from the gut. The deepest seat of the emotions. So you have the, the unity, uh, unity of purpose, goal. You have humility. Sympathy. You're feeling what someone else is feeling, then you have that, the feelings, the deepest part, that compassion, and then there in the middle is brotherly, which is actually, we get the word brotherly love. He, he talks about this, chapter 1, verse 22, brotherly love. Uh, chapter 2, verse 17. Honor all men, uh, love the brotherhood. The same word. So he wants us to be emotionally involved with each other. Share the joy, lessen the sorrow with one another. Summing it up by being having that familial love. Loving one another as family. I mean, it's, dare we say, it's meant for families to show major grace and mercy to each other because we see everything about each other. Failures, weaknesses, and all. In the same way, show that type of grace and love to each other. And by God's grace, we can be a Christian community who show unity, sympathy, compassion, humility, and love instead of wanting our own way in the way we have chosen and at the time we have deemed best as Lane and Trips say in their book, Change in Your Relationships. Is it about my agenda or God's agenda? Harmonious, sympathetic, brotherly love, compassion, humility. You know, these traits are traits of the gospel. These are gospel traits. God in Christ has shown that He's harmonious, the unified purpose of the gospel. He's sympathetic and compassionate towards us. And how did he show his humility? The, the very Son of God took on flesh. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. 
And then in the book of Hebrews, we're, we're called his brother. Elements of the gospel. Notice once again, the gospel is the only thing that can motivate us and drive us to do this. It's our only hope as Christians. The gospel. Because outside the gospel, well, look at Tuesday. That's outside the gospel. So when you have the gospel motivating us, when we have the gospel that's driving us, we have words and comments that bring unity, not, not division or isolation. We have words and actions that sympathize, not disregard or neglect. We have words and comments that show humility, not pride. We have words and actions that show compassion, not insensitivity. We have words and actions that display true brotherly love for us within the church. And even for those outside too. He's going to bring about the opposite, but just touching it just for a moment. The opposite is wanting attention, approval, to, to be right or in control, independent. I, I, can, I can do it on my own being seen as right before others to have one's own satisfaction or have a platform for one's own opinion on the contrary Lane and Tripp they say this godly relationships quote flourish best between two humble people who acknowledge their weaknesses and sins and their need for God's grace that's so true we just acknowledge that we're both weak, we're both sinful, and we both need God's grace. We, we want God's agenda to reign supreme, not our own. So we have words that don't inflame but encourage. We have actions that don't hurt but show grace. We have words that don't divide but they unify in Christ. which leads to what he says in verse 9 not returning evil for evil or insult for insult not retaliating but blessing New American Standard says giving a blessing literally it's just the verb you just bless blessing the negative aspects towards those who are negative to us saved or unsaved not returning evil for evil or abuse for abuse. Again, recalling the example, chapter 2, verse 23. Though reviled, he, he did not revile in return. That's Christ. So it's not just retaliating, but, not, but blessing. Not just the unsaved, but with the Christian community. The temptation is for us to lash out or to do things to work for me. It's easy to retaliate. Now, as I was doing my study, it was interesting. I read uh, six or seven books, commentaries and thoughts from the text. Okay? I think all of them said here from verse 9 onwards, 
Peter starts uh, dealing how Christians deal with the unsaved. I said, really? He's speaking about believers too. I know someone. I know someone who returns evil for evil. It's me. I've done that. Haven't you? We've done that, haven't we? We've returned evil for evil. I just thought it was striking. They all said he's talking about non-Christians at this point. And I said, I don't think these guys know each other very well. I don't think they know themselves very well. I've done this. I've returned insult for insult. But on the contrary, interesting. But the, the, the contrast is strong here. But on the contrary, or in contrast to retaliating, bless. Now the word bless can mean different things. It can mean benefit. It can mean praise. It can mean happy. Well, praise, okay. Happy, I don't know. It seems like he's saying, benefit them. Benefit them in some way. Whether it's through words or actions. You benefit them. So in other words, invoke God's grace upon those who sin against us. We should give a blessing to those who insult us to, to benefit them. To encourage them with words of encouragement or, or words of grace or actions of grace or encouragement. That's what we should do. In contrast to this, in contrast to returning the evil for the evil, someone does evil to you. You're going to retaliate. No, don't be like that. Bless. Give them a benefit. Benefit them. Why? It's our calling to bless. And then the result we obtain a blessing. Why? Because it's our calling. He says, for, and I think the ESV translates this very well, for unto this you were called. He's looking back. You were called to this, to bless. He looks back saying, we're called to be a people who bless. Why? We bless because we're called this. God has blessed us so much. That's the only, again, the only way we'll be able to survive this is when the gospel is at the forefront of our minds. And when you bless, he says the results for the purpose so that you might inherit, or again the ESV, you might obtain a blessing. You'll get God's blessing. So God will bless us when we display Christ this way in our lives. That's right. Showing drastically different lives pleases God. That was an amen in three-year-old talk. 
showing drastically different lives. That, that pleases God. He likes that. He likes when we bless each other. He enjoys that. God smiles at that. Now, it doesn't mean we won't suffer. Well, I am blessing people. Why am I suffering? Well, uh, that doesn't necessitate. To be blessed by God doesn't equal we won't face hardship or suffering. As a matter of fact, we're going to look at a moment as we, we're dealing with relationships. Relationships, they can be a mess. Right? The book is called Relationships, A Mess Worth Making. And sometimes you're like, I don't know if it's worth making. Yeah? It gets hard. Those relationships can improve, but then there'll be more things you'll find out about each other. So to be blessed by God doesn't equal we won't face hardship or suffering or difficulties. It means God will give us His blessing in the midst of the trials. In the midst of the tribulations we face. Especially if we're being persecuted for our faith. Obeying God will bring about the blessing He's prepared. And that's why the songs were chosen on purpose. Trust and obey. A great song to remind us. There's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. God blesses when we display Christ. God blesses when you walk following His footsteps. It pleases Him. It smiles on that. And it will bring about His blessing that He's prepared. So He does this he goes to this and giving us these five weirdo traits. He shows us the, the opposite to that and then tells us instead we should be blessing people, which that's how you show these five traits. You're blessing. You're benefiting people. He shows this is why we should do this. This is the consequence when we do do this. And now he, in verse 10 through 12, he quotes from Psalm 34. We read... Verses 1 through 11, he quotes from verses 12 to 16. And what he does is he gives the promise in God's word. That's our basis. God's word promises that God's going to do this. God's word's the basis. His promise is the basis by which we do this. So we can hold secure that God will do this because he said it in his word. That's his promise. He begins for, Let him who means to love life and see good days refrain his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking guile. Let him who means to love life and see good... Okay, whoa. Is he talking about the future or is he talking about now? Well, God wants us to have an eternal perspective. We've looked at that. We've seen that in Peter, in his letter. But it seems more to refer to the now. Because he was just talking about now, how you deal with people now. Not to mention the fact, later on in verse 12, he talks about prayer. Well, prayer doesn't happen in eternity. It happens now. And eternity is face to face. Faith is sight. So living this way will bring God's blessings now. And he's not talking about material blessings. There's spiritual blessings. 
spiritually benefiting us benefiting us in the spirit so if you want to experience joy in this life and really enjoy it if you want to be happily content in this life in the midst of tough hard persecuting or difficult circumstances speak or act like this which is what refrain your tongue from evil lips from speaking deceit turn away from evil and do good seek peace and pursue it turn from evil in particular sinful speech that's why I mentioned words that's why I, I said that earlier words and comments sticks and stones may break my bones but words will never no they do they can be very hurtful avoid sins of the tongue and sins of action so obey God's word by stopping the tongue from speaking evil and this from speaking deceit or, or the word can mean treachery look God cares for us in this life as we trust him and are faithful to him in the way we treat those around us saved or unsaved when one's life is free from falsehood and deceit one can enjoy life with great satisfaction and live in satisfying days amid the trials that's why he says turn away from evil be careful with your words and then notice he says there in verse 11 and do good we've seen this throughout 115 be holy as I am holy chapter 2 verse 1 through 3 put aside malice uh, treachery hypocrisy envy slander uh, long for God's pure word spiritual word uh, chapter 2 verse 11 uh, abstain from fleshly lusts keep your conduct excellent among the unsaved so that they see you're living out goodness you're doing good uh, chapter 2 verse 14 because you're doing good uh, chapter 2 verse 20 when you're doing good you're doing what's right and you suffer for it uh, chapter 3 verse 6 a wife if she's doing what is right what is good same word he's using that throughout you're known by how you live uh, you're known you're, people see because you're doing good and notice he says there at the end of verse 11 let him seek peace and pursue it or strive after peace there's the unity Unified purpose, harmonious. Commit to peace, which means peace in our words and actions. I mentioned this earlier. As we grow in these ways, God will bless us so that our lives and our relationships improve in many ways. And yet remember, keep in mind, our relationships may improve praise God but they will get even more complicated and messy because God wants to mature us he wants to, us to be built up in his son not acting like our culture but imitating Christ that's what we're learning in that book changing your relationships it's this, this very statement God wants us to mature to be built up in his son not acting like our culture but imitating Christ that's why we have relationships
It's not so that we don't have relationships so that I can get a benefit. What can I get out of you? What can you get out of me? That's how people think, though, isn't it? That's why people get married, and then they end up getting divorced like two, three, four years later. It's so sad. That's not the only reason, but that may be one of the reasons. The relationship was, I'm expecting this, and it's not happening for me. He was expecting that. She's not doing this for me. Well, I'm done with you. Well, wait a second. Let's try and work on this. That's hurtful. Some of you maybe have experienced that yourself, or you know people have experienced that hurt in relationships. Lane and Tripp say this, quote, God chooses to surround us with people who are different from us because he knows it will promote his purpose. That's why we can't be around people that are most like us. As nice as that would be. But so what's his purpose? God's purpose of relationships is to conform us into the image of his glorious son. He wants us to imitate Christ with the appropriate conduct. I mean, once again, what's motivating us? God has, has decided to have relationship with us as his creation. He's shown grace. He made us. We've rebelled against him. But then he steps in again with his grace by sending his son. There's the gospel. So he steps in with grace. He shows us grace and mercy. And he says, okay, now, I've shown you grace and mercy. Go show grace and mercy. And then he goes here into verse 12. The basis is God's divine favor and retribution, though. In other words, once again, our conduct is motivated by having a real consciousness of God. We fear him. Proverbs uh, 34, verse 11. Come, children, let me teach you the fear of the Lord. That's verse 11. And then verse 12. Let him, means, let him who means to love life and see good days. Dick, 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 dick. This is how you fear God. Fearing God motivates, drives us. Our relationship with Christ Jesus affects how we treat others inside and outside the body of Christ. Our relationship with Christ affects how we treat each other within the body of Christ and it affects how we treat each other outside the body of Christ. He says the eyes of the Lord are upon the right. Well, God doesn't have eyes. He doesn't have ears. He's spirit. And he's everywhere. We learned that last week in the first hour in the adult class. He's everywhere. He's, he's not more out there than he is in here. Or in Hong Kong as he is in Cottonwood. I mean, he's the same everywhere. He doesn't have spatial dimensions. But it's helping us to understand how God can actually see, how he hears, he's involved. His eyes are upon those who fear him, the righteous, those who are in a covenant relationship with God through the Lord Jesus Christ, and they trust him. Chapter 1, verse 8 of 1 Peter, though you've not seen him, you love him. And though you do not see him now, but because you believe in him, you greatly rejoice with inexpressible joy. 
ears attend to, to our entreaties or our prayers. A life of pure conduct, it displays we've been changed. Chapter 1, verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father, who according to His great mercy has caused us to be born again to a living hope. God's regenerated us. He's changed us. Once again, the gospel. If you're here, you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ, here is the gospel. God should condemn us. We have rebelled against Him. And yet He shows grace and compassion and mercy in Jesus. He sent Jesus, who lived, died, and rose. Repent and trust in Jesus Christ. Turn from sin and put your trust in Jesus. He will save you. That is the gospel. Respond. Notice what he says at the end of verse 12. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. There's the warning. The Lord is against those who do evil. How we live matters because it matters to God. True Christians will show drastically different lives from the culture around us, those in a covenant relationship with God, trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, and live wise, winsome, attractive lives. <coughs> the Lord goes against us if we're doing evil. Because when there's evil, we're just being prideful. What will Peter say? Chapter 5, verse 5. Humble yourselves towards one another for, because, God is opposed to the proud but gives grace to the humble. May God soften us to his truth this morning and really look at our relationships and, and look at him with the glasses of the gospel, with the gospel glasses on. or we're harmonious or sympathetic there's brotherly love there's compassion there's humility and you know may I say not only does our culture and, and I mean our immediate culture within our country whether you're angry or happy about what happened Tuesday uh, within our country if there's anything that they need to see not just in terms of us within a church but even towards them towards others. A desire to show harmony. A desire to be sympathetic. A desire to even show that love to them. And to have compassion for them and to be humble. I mean, they need that. They need to see that from us towards them and they need to see that we treat each other like this. Big time because they're not treating each other like that. Five wise, winsome weirdo traits that show we are Christian weirdos who are blessing others, doing good instead of retaliating. In this way, we're truly following in the footsteps of our Lord. Living our lives this way will truly display to our culture how vastly different we are from them. It would radically impact our corporate witness in the Verde Valley towards the gospel <clears throat> due to our actions and reactions to those inside the church and outside the church. 
come with Bible Church here, we have a statement. That's a reminding statement. We read it every time we come together in our members meeting. It's part of our church documents. It, it helps us to reflect how we desire to live in this world and how we're going to treat each other in, the, in this world. How we treat each other as the body of Christ. It's called our church covenant. Our three main documents. Our doctrinal statement, our church covenant, and our constitution. So I actually have it up on the screen. And if you're, you're not a member, you can read it with us. But, but if you are a member, you should read this. We're going to read it together out loud. Just as a reminder to us about what we've committed to as a church, as a, as a local church here at Cotwood Bible Church. We'll read together, then I'll pray, okay? Let's read our church covenant. <clears throat> Having been brought by God's grace to repent and believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, we do now, relying on His grace, fervently and joyfully covenant with each other to be diligent to preserve the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace, to walk together in brotherly love, exercise affectionate and watchful care over each other, and faithfully admonish and entreat one another to not forsake the assembling of ourselves together, nor neglect to pray for ourselves and each other, to rejoice with those of us who rejoice, and weep with those who weep, to deny ungodliness and worldly lusts, and live carefully in the world, to remember that we were buried with Christ by baptism, and raised again from the symbolic grave to live a holy life. To seek the salvation of our family and friends, proclaiming the gospel without shame, but with gentleness and respect. And to work together to be a gospel-centered church by sustaining its worship, ordinances, discipline, and teachings and by contributing cheerfully and regularly to the spread of the gospel to all people groups, the expenses of this church, and to ministry as a whole. If we move from this place, we will, as soon as possible, unite with some other church where we can carry out the spirit of this covenant and the principles of God's word. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all. Amen. Our Father, we need you to work in us. Weirdo traits. that we are harmonious and humble. 
that we are uh, sympathetic and splodna. We have deep-seated emotions for each other. We just care for each other in such deep ways. Because we're family, brothers and sisters. And Christ, Christ himself is our brother. Having this brotherly love. And thank you. Yes, we will return evil for evil and insult for insult. We, we have done that, are doing that, and most likely will do that. But thank you. Thank you that you show grace and mercy in your Son, the Lord Jesus. And that's why he had to die. So that the sting of death, the penalty of sin, will be paid power of sin and its enslavement of us broken and then in the future the presence of sin no longer there thank you O Christ yes it is so well with our souls Would you take some time and just ponder and think what we've seen in God's Word? And after a few moments, we'll, we'll worship in our giving, worship again in our singing, and worship in our closing prayer. So sit, think, ponder what we've seen in God's Word.
Let's stand, let's sing it as well with my soul. When peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever my lot, Thou hast taught me to say, It is well, it is well with my soul.
Father and Son, Spirit, Triune God, in perfect harmony, in perfect love, in perfect justice, in perfect holiness. Thank you that you shown your love your grace and your mercy in Christ the Lord thank you O Jesus Christ for humbling yourself showing such sympathy for us such lost losers for having such splagna deep emotions for us to be made like us so that the purpose of displaying your grace so that can be shown to the universe that you are a God who's righteous and just who's holy and yet a God who's loving and kind who shows grace and mercy to sinners when you didn't have to forever you will have your elect people millions upon millions singing your praises singing how much we're so thankful hallelujah to the king of kings hallelujah to the lamb who was slain you are the lord of lords you're the great I am may this worship and song may it so impact us our hearts may it impact our relationships with each other within this church and abroad said so those wow, being Republicans or Democrats Libertarians or Greens that we are united in Christ and truth and the gospel. That will show itself in such unbelievable, weird ways in this wicked world. We pray this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. You can be seated at this time and for our members, Jordan will come and kind of call this to order to moderate Daniel's watching right so Daniel's our church clerk I'm going to get one for him Let's uh, go ahead and call this special called members meeting to order. Go ahead. So, uh, Jordan is our moderator, and just as the, there's just a nomination, and that's all that it is. Just nominating, <coughs> excuse me, Daniel Barch as our church clerk, and Ellen Daynert as our church treasurer. So we're not voting on anything, just giving that nomination to you as a, as a, uh, as a, an elder to use a congregation, and then if you so choose to 
not vote on that. You know, we come, and that's not going to happen until uh, January 8th because it has to be eight weeks prior. So eight weeks from now, that's when we would vote on it. Or maybe even January 1st. I'm not sure how... It would either be January 1st or January 8th. So one of those two I have to count out. But it has to be eight weeks. So we cannot, will not vote on that come our members meeting in December. Which is the 11th, I think it is. So I have nothing else. So Mr. Moderator. And if there are no other nominations, then... No, there isn't. We are good to go. All right. Meeting adjourned. Good. That's it. Thank you. That's it.